Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we have the lovely Renee. Hello. In the car. And yes. she's been in events management, dealing with influencers, and just the entertainment side, behind the scenes of entertainment. So mm -hmm. we're just going to find out how she got into there, what she likes, mm -hmm. and um, what motivates her. So nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. That's good, that's good. So tell us, what kind of person were you when you were in school? When I was in school, I was definitely the quiet one. I was definitely the observer. Yeah, definitely kind of, it actually makes sense now when I'm even reflecting on it, <laughs> why I am the behind the scenes person. But definitely the quiet one. Okay. So when you were in school, what did you want to be? I had no idea what I wanted to be. And that was a bit of a problem because in school, you're asked all these questions, what direction you want to go in, what you want to do, and I was just stumped every time. I was like, it just needs to be something that's not going to bore me to death, and less so avoiding the rat race, I guess. Do you think you achieved that? I'd say I'm definitely doing what I love. The rat race is very much so embedded everywhere, but I think it's just a fast-paced moving industry, which I do enjoy also, so um, yeah, I do think I've done that all right. When did you realise your calling was what you're doing now? I fell into this sideways. So, yeah, not knowing what I wanted to do. I think I, I went to uni initially after sixth form and then quickly realised I absolutely hated it. So I dropped out. What uni did you go to? I went to Brighton Uni and I was studying international business. I don't know if it was just the international side of things, but it was just, yeah, not agreeing with me. So I left that and just went into working. That was when I went into retail, kind of worked my way up into management, operations management. And that was when I kind of realised the operations side of things was working with my brain. That was going well. What year did you leave uni on and what was the retail company you worked for? I left uni, which year was that? That's a great like, question. Was it the first year, second yeah, year? Yeah, I only lasted one semester. And I worked at River Island. So very much just simple retail stuff really, but I was like adamant that I was not just going to be a, like on the shop floor sales assistant. I was just going to work my way through whatever until I figured out what I wanted to do. So then in management, that was kind of where I was like, okay, cool, this is working, something I'm good at. And then I kind of learned everything I needed to know and was like, cool, what's next? Like, where do you go from here? What else is there to life? And so I started exploring the options. I applied for a degree apprenticeship, which I highly recommend, by the way, as a as a means of. Oh, this is within next. No, this was uh, external to it. It was a degree apprenticeship with L'Oreal, but I actually didn't get it. I went through the whole application process, didn't get the job, but I did get offered a place at uni, which was a young university called Pearson College, and they're very much like work integrated learning. So I kind of was like, okay, this is a new approach. Let's try this one out and through there I was able to like work full-time and study full-time and I was like okay cool this is more my more my speed and then through that I met a person through church actually and she kind of dragged me sideways into production and I was like this is amazing what is this world that I've not like never come across and then made another friend who was a film director and he kind of had the word producer and was like, cool, you're going to produce my short film. I was like, wicked, I have no idea what I'm doing, but fucking let's go. Sorry for my language. But yeah, let's go. 
and then again was just reintroduced to more of the creative side of the industry as well and so that for me was like wow how have I been like sleeping on this whole world and then yeah kind of the rest is history really so what are the titles you you work by I'm a project manager project coordinator producer producer assistant and then I also tapped into the art direction side of things as well set design and production design and that's something what I want to explore further because that one is very much so like I'm getting paid to play and I was like yeah that's stuff at me really I would love I just want to be working and not feeling like I'm working and really really like loving everything I'm doing you know you spoke about church are you so you're a religious person I'm faithful yes okay that's good that's good and that's and has that been a guiding factor in what you do do you know what like a hundred percent I think there is a whole side of this industry, be that events or music. A whole side? A whole side. A whole, a whole side. area. Okay. Where it's, as probably every other industry, but there's corruption, there's big people that don't want to see you win, there's people that want to use you or exploit and all of these sorts of things. And I was quite aware of that walking into it. So I just made it my prayer every time that I was going to be encountering the right kind of people, people that wanted to see me win, people that were going to help me learn, people that I could also pay it forward to and kind of be put in these like fantastic environments. And without a shadow of a doubt, I could say that 100% that's been the case. And I feel very, very blessed because after every job you meet, you meet the right kind of people and then they pull you into the next one and the next one. And it's just been, yeah, an incredible journey really. Mm-hmm. But I'm very, very grateful. That's good. Are you a religious person? Yeah, I yeah. am. I have my core values. I have five core values mm-hmm. I live by. Okay. Which I believe everybody should have core values. Yeah. And basically my core values, when I looked at it after contemplating what they were for six months, yeah. they just come from the good book, but mm-hmm. there are things I agree with and I stick by. Yeah, yeah. And things like that. What are those? Like children. Yeah. I come from children's homes, so children are most vulnerable and need to be looked after. Yeah. Family. Yeah. Yeah. You always stick by your family, and but at the same time you do have to acknowledge if someone's wrong. Yes. So if I was the queen, I wouldn't have paid 12 million for, mm. for my son, who's a paedophile. <laughs> Facts. Third thing is religion. Mm-hmm. Fourth is work ethic. Mm. And fifth is self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I they that. all come from thing, And they're more or less in that kind of order, but children always come first. Yeah. And those kind of things. And those are things I don't neglect on. Yeah. If that's the correct word. Yeah. So during this film producing you said you didn't know what it's gonna do but you just said yes and you run with it which is good because that's what Richard Branson says to a meme of him saying if someone asks you can you do something Mm. even if you don't know say yes yeah yeah exactly I think there's so much imposter syndrome in this industry as well and for me it was when I heard someone say there's someone that's charging more than you are and doing a worse job than what you're doing and it was like, wow, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, I'm so we just right gotta, yeah, yeah. So if you're, if you, you give everything your best in it and do it with a smile on your face or a good attitude at least, and kind of just be wanting to help mm. whoever people in need or goes such a long way, especially in the industry. But yeah, no, it's a. Well, how did you, with that producer situation, how did you research, find out what you need to do, and overcome your imposter syndrome? I think that one came down to the self-development side of things. 
and not necessarily having like I had I tried to always kind of have a mentor and then side by side to that just always be on the ground researching and figuring out what it was that producers do and when I first started my research and understanding how many different types of producers there are out there and then breaking that down and understanding what kind of producer I wanted to be like there's still a lot of different types of producing that I still want to tap into in terms of like the film industry side of it I think I did a couple of short films and then events and then moved heavily into video when COVID hit, I was kind of doing music videos and all that sorts of thing, which was it's very high turnaround, very high speed. But I think the film industry is definitely something that I would like to tap into next. That's a whole nother ball game. Very much the long, the long haul, but also a fantastic one, I think. You spoke about working with influencers. Yes. And you hinted that you try to avoid them. <laughs> Can you explain why? I think it's yeah. I think it's how people move within the space. I think it was, we were saying about the different age groups, right? I think older influencers kind of know how to move, know how to talk to people respectfully and just knowing that everyone's human at the end of the day. And it's just such a simple concept, but you would be surprised at how many people actually forget that and kind of have a level of maybe entitlement they do. And I think and that just, it kind of just leaves you with the whole experience of how you, you've had with someone. There's never really been one that's been a lasting kind of memory for me, I guess. And if they have been, then they've never been great. So, yeah, I would say it's definitely different to working with artists, like talent. As not, not to say that influencers aren't talent, but I think... I suppose it depends, isn't it? Potentially, if you're it's, just yeah. looking beautiful, stereotypically speaking here, yeah. and you just and people like, and then you say I'm an influencer. Mm. That's not talent. Mm. That's something that God has blessed you with beauty, and the majority of the people feel that you do look beautiful, or yeah. you're showing your ass most of the time. So yeah. people think. Yeah. But then a content creator, yes, which is equivalent to an artist yes because in essence let's say like i would create content yeah me showing my ass wouldn't get any likes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah in that exactly. respect i have to create content and i have to make it intriguing and you know yeah. what are people learning what problems am i solving those kind of things put a lot of intentional yeah. thought behind things yeah. as well so what also brings to mind is as a question to you mm. is do you think the difference is based on one gets bolted to fame very quickly and one was working very hard to get rise to fame? Say that again. So one, what's the question? One bolts. Do you think that yeah. the difference, why you have the difference between influencers and an artist, mm. an artist is working very hard, making music, writing songs or whatever, mm. to get to where they get and they finally get a break after years or mm. what have you. But influencer is just like rose to fame overnight, yeah. and thinks suddenly I'm a god yeah. because they've got twenty thousand likes. Yeah, I think there is definitely an element to that, hundred percent. I think it all comes down to ego as well. I think if you've had the time to really work with yourself and build into your artistry, you also have the time to spend with yourself and your ego. And I think there's so much emotion that goes hand in hand with art. So being able to tap into your emotions and, and kind of understand and manage your own emotions or your own ego is such a huge thing. But I think when you're bolted to fame like that, you potentially miss 
the opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're right. There's definitely an element of that. But that's not to say that people that like the right people or, or there's not good people that do get bold to fame and they, they can keep their feet on the ground and they can stay humble and, and kind of actually move correctly. But yeah, I think it depends case by case, person by person, really. Okay, that's good. What does the future hold for you? The future... I am currently, I burnt out big time at the end of last year. I think there's a big problem of freelancing and not having huge boundaries because you're not afforded the luxury of knowing where maybe your next job's going to land. And there was a big kind of point to that last year. So I burnt out quite bad and didn't realise what the long term effects of that was. So this year I've been trying trying my best to kind of implement a bit of active recovery and everything. And I've just reached a point of having a week off. I'm just contemplating making it two weeks. I think that would be best. And then for the simple reason that I kind of set goals at the start of the year and then mid midway through the year kind of just watch those like achieved every like a bunch of the goals but never found the time to kind of there was no time to realign or reset and kind of reset new goals and figure out what that means so I think at the moment short term looks like realigning myself and just understanding whether I need to pivot where I'm at and kind of which direction I do want to take if that's continuing producing but I don't think that will be in events I think I'm very much so evented out currently but maybe moving back into video or like I said trying to tap into the film world but what's on my heart is definitely the production side of things so what I want to do is go and learn some 3d design maybe do an interior design course as well and kind of really up my game in that space so that I can be actually doing what I want to do well with excellence I think so I'm kind of at that stage now I'm not necessarily back at square one but maybe back at square one in the new level right like you level up each time and each time you need to kind of sit and reflect and self-development I think like what you're saying isn't it so well it's good to go to back to square one because square one is an examination of everything you've done so far so I wouldn't feel any way to go back to scale one anyway when you said burnt out what exactly did you mean in the sense of how are you how are you being burnt out how was you how did you notice that you were burnt out there was it came from September to November it was those two months in particular and I'd taken on like a three day a week kind of job that was incredibly intense and that was possibly out of my depth that was my first agency job so that was a new experience but at the same time I'd taken on a few other jobs at like simultaneously and so it was managing those or managing the team around me that were also helping me do those kind of jobs so you employ Um, people to help you manage that you do yes but it does kind of look like ridiculous hours you're working maybe 18 hour days consistently not having your weekends off just working seven days and Mm. just completely exhausting yourself is um and when you're doing that for so long Mm. or for such a prolonged time then eventually you just become unproductive and it's not it's, it's your health at the end of the day then sorry to jump in there yeah how have you managed that out because you're going to continue in whatever business you're going to be doing yeah but you need to manage that 100 so how have you decided that you're going to manage that so when i first hit the hit the wall with that one i 
had to take a month off because I actually did fall ill, as in like I got a cold or flu or whatever it was. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah. I took a month off. January came around and I was like, all right, cool, we've had a month off, let's get back into it. And this was when I first underestimated the long-term effects of burnout. I didn't know what I was really working with. So I went back into work and my body, everything, my brain was just, it was like screaming at me, no, like I just, it just couldn't, it wasn't working the same way as it was. And that was kind of looking like feeling quite overwhelmed all the time or maybe having panic attacks or all sorts of things. So come March, that was when I was like, I think I need to leave London because I actually, I can't be here. This is, it's a lot. So Were you I left. born in London? No, I was born in New Zealand. Okay. Came here when I was 10. But yeah, at that time I was like, I need to leave. I booked a, a flight to Costa Rica and stayed out there for five weeks and just <laughs> reset, took a hiatus, which was exactly what I needed. It was, yeah, if I highly recommend taking a solo trip as well, it forces you out of comfort zone in every way, shape or form, but it allows you to sit with yourself and really be with yourself without distraction as well, mm-hmm. without people jumping in and saying, do you want this job or or come and hang out or whatever because you're exuding your energy still by by constantly being in the environment and I think maybe that was my lack of boundaries at that time so it really allowed me to sit down with myself and understand what boundaries I needed to put in place to actually if I am going to step back into this if I like we do have to work really how do I then manage that mm-hmm. and so that just was being quite strict with myself there was a point where I was like Uh, maybe five jobs at a time is a maximum and then I was like actually that's too much maybe we make that three and then yeah bringing it right back down again because I when I got back from Costa Rica I think I was on two jobs at that time and I was like cool this feels about right but even still let's go for the longer term jobs and higher paying so that we don't have to do too much and so did that and that worked quite well but even still I was so I was just working that one job and then I took on one other because I was like okay the capacity is feeling good let's do it again and then quickly understood that I wasn't ready for that still so I managed to complete the job but it was a very big wake-up call and that was when I started doing research into actual burnout and how to fully recover from that and uh, that can take years sometimes of just active recovery which looks like having your boundaries in place making sure you're logging off at a certain time making sure you're taking your weekends making sure you're actually yeah looking after yourself in this crazy game but yeah so moving forward and, and making sure that you're taking time which I'm trying to do now so actually reset and making sure I'm catching up on my realigning myself so that when jobs do come up I can say with an educated kind of not necessarily educated but like a well-informed decision of yes I want to take this because it's going to take me to the next step or I can help this person or I can do whatever or no that's not aligning with me at all and if anything that might be worse for my health or it might be detrimental to something else so and I think that's really key in this game as well being able well, we've come to the end of our journey. We have. Where can people find you if they want to use your services? They can find me... You can email me. <laughs> you can email me on renee, R-E-N-E-E, dot rebuild, R-E-B-U-I-L-D, at gmail.com. Well, thanks a lot for that. Thank you so much for having well. me. Thank you, and you too. Look after yourself, yeah? We hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channel. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.